Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Real Vision. Nice to be with you again. Happy New Year. I'm sitting down today with Rish Latlakar, a founder and the CEO of Superworld. Superworld is one of the most interesting and audacious of all the metaverse projects. Rish, welcome to Real Vision. Hey, thanks for having me, Nick. It's a pleasure to be on Real Vision and be in front of your audience and sharing our message. Look, everybody uses the phrase metaverse today. What is it? What do you how do you define metaverse? So, you know, I, I define metaverse as this online, offline, persistent interface that enhances our real life. Um, and we can participate and um, be involved in this interface um, through our physical and virtual lives. And so it kind of brings everything together um, and it is a way for us to not only um, to, to interact with each other, communicate, work, play, educate ourselves. Um, it, again, brings every part of our life together into a, uh, an interface. And when you think about like an early mover metaverse concept like Decentraland, mm -hmm. what's your take on Decentraland? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, all of these uh, different virtual worlds out there, and there have been a number of them on the centralized side and decentralized side, um, are really communities. And, you know, they, they have uh, their own cultures, they have, you know, their own, uh, you know, different, different tastes, you know, it, it, they're all, they're all very um, kind of specific um, in many ways. Um, so I think Decentraland's um, really awesome. I think they've, they've done so much to really, you know, grow their space and they have a very strong, vibrant community around it. And, you know, uh, so are others, you know, out there in the market. So I, I think uh, they're, you know, they're really leading the way in many ways and as well as, um, you know, for their specific community, um, creating a product that uh, as it evolves, you know, hopefully caters more and more to that community that that really loves it. So. Um, and I would say the same for, you know, Sandbox and others. So there's a lot of really awesome virtual worlds out there. Yeah. And have you, have you like ever logged into any of them, like created an avatar and logged in and checked them out? Yeah. 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 I, you know, again, um, I, I definitely spend time on others. Um, you know, to be honest, a lot of my uh, time and work is, is focused on Superworld, but I uh, definitely uh, think of, uh, you know, what's, what's happening in the broader market um, and, and, and really try to be expansive about, you know, how we're, we're thinking about uh, what we're building at Superworld. Um, but th there, I think there's, you know, in terms of my philosophy uh, in general is we're very open. 
Um, and so, you know, we've done things in Decentraland uh, at Superworld um, with other partners. Um, and so, again, we, we, we want to make sure that we're um, participating in the broader ecosystem in many ways. Yeah. One of the questions I wanted to ask you is, so I've, I've done a couple of them and Decentraland is one and not being from a gaming sort of background, when I, when I did it on my laptop, I found the user sort of interface to be very sort of challenging to navigate and the controls like were not, were not easy to use for me at least. What do you think about the hardware side of this? Like how far away are we to, from the point where like someone like me, who's decently technologically capable could log into a virtual world and just have it be like easy. You know, I think that all of the, you know, the software, the hardware, the the platform, the blockchain interoperability, other aspects of kind of what make this experience very seamless um, over the next, I'd say, you know, two to three years are going to really, uh, you know, advance pretty rapidly. We're seeing that on the blockchain side, what's what's happening with interoperability. I think we're seeing that on the software side as well, um, you know, since, you know, AR kit, AR core, uh, unity and others have really kind of sped up their AR SDKs. Um, and, and so on the hardware side, um, with, with glasses, with, um, the capabilities, um, that we're seeing, um, with, you know, uh, uh, you know, mobile technology, uh, 5g, um, with, uh, you know, the, just this, the speed in, in, in terms of computing, you know, I think the, the ability to, to really realize the potential of what we want to do uh, at Superworld and, you know, the other virtual worlds out there is going to become um, much more, uh, uh, you know, capable, I'd say, in, in the next, you know, again, two to three years. And it's, it's going to be dramatic. Um, and, you know, and we're seeing that with VR headsets, you know, you've seen the, the, the advances on the, on the Oculus system or what's, what H, HTC is doing. Um, and so I think you're similarly going to see that upward, upward sloping kind of advancement on the hardware side overall. Okay. So that's pretty optimistic. So it's, it's really just a matter of a few years away. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. In, in 10 years, it's going to be even more dramatic. But I, I think that there's just a just the, you know, vast amount of capital um, being put into um, these new form factors, whether it's, you know, VR glasses or AR headsets, um, what you're seeing in terms of hand controllers, haptic suits, um, you know, I think there's a, a real uh, number of kind of uh, waves that are happening on the technology side that are enabling this, that are you know, incentivizing the whole ecosystem, you know, with chips, with what NVIDIA is doing, with what uh, Qualcomm's doing on the chip side. And it's all, all, all of it's all kind of coming together in a really, I'd say, dramatic fashion. So I, I, I would say that, yeah, in, even in two to three years, I think you're going to see a, a lot of advancements. And you're seeing it, again, um, you know, you can see what even, you know, Facebook's done with Oculus in the last number of years. Um, and how that product has is, 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 has increased, and you know the price points are coming down, and those things will keep coming down, I think, and the quality is going to keep improving um, pretty dramatically. And when you think about like the the big companies out there that are going after this, like Meta, 
slash Facebook or Apple. Who do you think is like, who's the best position company right now of the sort of established players who are going after these opportunities? Who, who, Who would you bet on right now? Well, you know, Apple um, is likely going to be the one uh, that, to watch uh, as they enter this market. They, you know, again, have a very um, strong, uh, you know, set of uh, products in their ecosystem that contribute to, I think, what um, we're looking at in this category as the metaverse. Um, so the ability to, again, you know, uh, do do you know, interact with this interface in a variety of ways, audio, you know, content, uh, streaming, hardware, you know, you name it, right? And 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 they they really produce exceptional products and they have that wide reach and distribution. And and so I, I would be I think they're they're gonna be the ones to watch on the software side with AR kit. Um, they have you know uh, a, a number, you know, lots and lots of developers on their platform. And as they're making that product more accessible and, and you know, again, adding um, LiDAR on their latest, you know, iPhones and iPads, they're really kind of, I think, setting themselves up really well for the launch of an AR headset um, or an XR headset. Um, so I'd, I'd say they're, they're the ones to watch. I think, you know, Facebook's doing a lot, uh, Meta is doing a lot here uh, in, in the space. And, um, you know, they've, they've really... Um, you know, with their Oculus ecosystem also has, has kind of built out uh, a, a variety of aspects of that. And they're, they're investing quite a bit of money as well. And then there's just the broader ecosystem as well, right? There's, there's a ton of companies in Asia um, that, are, that are out there, you know, releasing products. And, and so I, I think that the evolution of we saw how the mobile um, ecosystem evolved, I think there's going to be some parallels here. Um, but I see Apple as the one to watch. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's probably why Apple's market cap is uh, th- approaching three trillion, or maybe it passed three trillion. Whatever is that? It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And and the yeah. Facebook thing. I was thinking about the numbers. You, you mentioned that they're investing an incredible amount. They really are. Like, yeah, they're, they've committed to spend what is it, ten billion dollars a year for several years. Yeah. Which, if I if my math is right or my memory is right the whole crypto sector got like 30 billion last year which was a big year it was like a big year so the fact that they're going that hard at this opportunity is really interesting when you're looking at the outside in and trying to understand like what they're thinking and what they're afraid of and you know maybe they're afraid of apple i'm not sure but 10 billion is a lot of money to to throw at this well i think that they have an opportunity to you know get this uh, get their their hardware out there and you know build a uh, an app store right that allows them to have more power in the ecosystem um, and so I think that's kind of why they're you know very intent on um, making sure that the hardware if we're moving to a new form factor right moving potentially away from you know, a mobile phone-based uh, ecosystem to a headset, um, you know, uh, centralized, you know, head, headset-focused ecosystem. Um, you know, the, the the opportunity to, as we make that change to be a leader in that space, um, seems to me um, a, a pretty pretty big opportunity for them. And I think that's 
what they they're seeing as well is this is kind of their their opportunity. I think you know again we're we're focused on the decentralized side of 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 building this ecosystem. So you know obviously there's different kind of points of view there, but um, you know I think that's kind of what what why they're positioning themselves in that way potentially. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I think they're rightly afraid of what's happening on the the other side of the ledger, the decentralized world, because mm-hmm. it's it's a big deal. But they're they're also in an interesting competitive position because they have the financial resources to build the other side of this, the hardware side, which is kind of a crucial point of connection between all of these projects, right? Like whether it's Decentraland or Superworld or Sandbox or Axie or whatever Facebook's version is going to be like the hardware has got to be right too. Like this has to actually be a fun experience and not annoying and something like an iPhone in 2007. And so it's, it presents as this interesting challenge uh, across the whole spectrum of, of the thing. So before we get into Superworld, last sort of general question, I'm curious, I've been asking a lot of the guests on Real Vision to tell, to tell us their crypto origin story. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, how did you come to crypto and wh- if there's any anything interesting there? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, I um, you know, I came, my background is I did consulting. I did, I worked on Wall Street for a while, investment banking, uh, corporate finance, public finance and M&A in New York. I was at UBS and HSBC and I'd gotten into venture capital and I'd, you know, about 10 years ago started a, a, a venture capital fund in Eastern Europe. And so I was I was sitting in Eastern Europe, uh, running this uh, VC fund called East Labs, and looking at the space uh, in terms of digital assets. Just you know, saw a variety of companies um, that were kind of you know starting to build in that space on the exchange side and things like that. And um, you know, had a, a an interesting conversation with a friend of mine um, from the hedge fund world. We had lunch. And, you know, he'd, he'd brought up Bitcoin with me. Um, and this was like, I think right at when they were, they just popped to like a hundred bucks. Um, it was like 2012, 2013 timeframe. And, uh, and uh, so that was kind of the, the first conversation, you know, coming from him that kind of piqued my interest uh, in Bitcoin. And I'd already seen, um, like I said, some companies um, that, had, that had approached us. Um, that were in the digital asset space as well. So it's kind of a combination of, of both of those things that made me realize that there was something very interesting here um, that was happening, a phenomenon. Uh, and, and, and so that's kind of when I had first gotten into the, to the market. So, Did you buy any uh, back in, in 12 or 13, whenever this meeting happened? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Uh, have you been, yeah. Is, has it been a core position in your portfolio? Have you been adding to it or has it just been not your focus? No, no. I mean, I definitely, um, you know, have been uh, in the crypto market and, uh, you know, it's been something that, you know, uh, just just from that interaction and others, you know, uh, kind of, you know, started to, to get more and more involved. Um, and then again, you know, we, we, we started building on, on Ethereum um, you know, years ago now. So it, it's, it's been a kind of progression from, you know, kind of early insights to, 
learning more about the possibilities to then, you know, jumping on board um, years ago when ERC 721 standard kind of came out. And that's kind of when we got into NFTs with Superworld. So, um, and again, you know, the beauty of this market, as we all know, is it's a continual educational experience and there's so much innovation. So um, I, I think it's, it's, it's one of those areas that, um, you know, it just, the, it just, the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper. And so that's kind of been my experience is it um, kind of uh, has always been this kind of area of, of continual learning uh, for me. So it's been fun. Yeah, same here. Like, I think that's one of the universal sort of comments or feedback whenever you talk to someone who's really gotten into the the whole crypto world is that there's just so much interesting things happening, so many experiments. And, uh, you know, if you allow your curiosity to take you, you can you can get into some very interesting stuff like Superworld. So I think this is a perfect, perfect time for for you to tell us. Maybe the way to start the Superworld conversation is to, I remember from our conversation a few weeks ago that Superworld itself has kind of a funny uh, origin story. So maybe we start there and then tell us the vision. You know, what's the grand vision of Superworld? Because it's a, it's a big one. Yeah, thank you. So, you know, the, the origin story is, you know, just to give you a, 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 another bit of my background and then tell you about my co-founder as well. Um, so I uh, had previously started a company called Rogue Initiative Studios, which is a film, television, gaming, and virtual reality studio in Hollywood. My co-founder had produced Call of Duty, Modern Warfare series, and Ghosts, and my production partner there is Michael Bay, the action director. Um, and so at Rogue Initiative, what we were doing is, you know, and we're still doing is building new original content franchises, so feature film television, gaming, virtual reality, all the way to amusement park rides and toys. And so I, you know, again, gotten, um, you know, I'd come from the kind of the VR, AR industry from, from starting Rogue Initiative. We're backed by all the top AR, VR venture capital funds uh, in Silicon Valley and globally. So come from that kind of perspective. And my co-founder, Max Woon, he and I had both spent time working on the YouTube platform. So that's how we'd met each other. And so we have that kind of background. Uh, and Max Woon, his background uh, is, is he did X-Fire and sold it to Viacom. He's done Fizzle, Sliver, Skit, and Toonstar. And Sliver and Toonstar are also in the immersive space. So he has that immersive background as well. And then previously he'd worked with, in, with Stephen Hawking in Cambridge in his department. And so, you know, super brilliant guy. And we both had these very complimentary skill sets um, uh, and also had both kind of had this immersive experience. And what happened was, you know, Pokemon Go had come out and, you know, become this huge sensation around the world. And, you know, coming from the backgrounds that we had come from, you know, we'd really come to the conclusion, you know, what if we could build a, a you know, a, a, if we can't build the next Pokemon Go, what if we could build a virtual world where the next thousand Pokemon Go's get built onto it? Or how could we empower people to create anything and, and discover anything and monetize anything? And that was kind of the, the real driving force for us is, you know, someone might be interested in music or fashion or travel or education. And how could they build a virtual world that really, you know, enabled them to explore and showcase all of those interests. And then on top of that, how could you own the world? How could you enable, and that was where Web3 came into that, right? How do you, how do you become a stakeholder in that world? So we're decentralized and we're empowering our users. 
Okay, so in what what year was Pokemon Go? That was like seventeen or eighteen, something like that. Yeah, I think it was like 2016 when it really, um, you know, became a, a big kind of sensation. And then, um, you know, Max and I kind of early 2017 had gotten together and um, started, you know, ruminating about what we wanted to do and, and launch Superworld. Interesting. Um, before we dive into the details on Superworld, just a question, follow-up question on Rogue. Are there any well-known um, movies or products or franchises that have come out of that, or are they all still kind of in production? There, There's um, several kind of uh, VR uh, interactive uh, type of uh, content experiences that have come out of it so far. One was called Crow. Another one's called Agent Emerson. But we're working on a um, bigger kind of franchise now that's under uh production and under development so um and so that that's uh something that's been in progress for a while along the themes that i mentioned to you so yeah Th those projects i mean those are big projects it's like to try to right. create like a a transformers from scratch right that's if i understand exactly. it correctly yeah right exactly okay. yeah well, very big budgets uh, very very broad uh based projects and that's the that's the vision there is you know, as interactive and linear content is really coming together, you know, how can you from the ground up create franchises that go across all those mediums and are very globally marketable? Okay, well, I'm looking forward to seeing the, that project, product, project whenever yeah. it comes out. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Um, yeah. Okay, so Superworld. So I'll, I'll maybe just describe what I see on Superworld and then you fill in all the blanks and there's a lot of blanks. So Superworld is this ambitious project to enable people to basically monetize creativity across their entire life. And what you all have done have created this replica of the world, which has something like 64 billion NFTs essentially, right? And right. are trying to build sort of the, the platform for people to, or, or as you call it, the gateway to the metaverse. So right. I don't know where the best place to start is, but let's get into exactly what that means and, and how we can understand what the vision is for the future. Great. Yeah. So, you know, I use a, a three-pronged analogy to explain Superworld very clearly. So, you know, again, um, you know, Superworld uh, is a virtual world mapped on top of the real world. So it's all around us. We're in it right now. And so it might sound ironic, but we're building a virtual world that's focused on your real life and focused on the real world. So I'll, I'll go into the analogy. So the first part of the analogy is Pokemon Go. That's an analogy for adding digital information to the real world. You have a world. I have a world. Brands have worlds. So if I come to New York or L.A. or, you know, Tokyo or Madrid, anywhere in the world, you could say Rish 
why don't you check out my world? And I could walk around and you've left me things. You've left a hologram of yourself somewhere, totally interactive. I can talk to you. You've left photos and videos all over the world. You've left messages at your favorite restaurants about what I should eat and drink. You've left NFTs all over the world for me to discover and buy. So the first part of the analogy, again, is the ability for you or anyone to personalize the real world with any type of content, 3D, 2D, audio, anything. The second analogy is Foursquare. That's a data analogy. So on the data side, we believe that users should earn crypto for using Superworld. And so this isn't play to earn. This is live to earn. How can I get Nike to pay for you to go on a run? How can we take real world activity and enable our users to be incentivized by tokenomics, earn crypto for their data monetization, but also be incentivized for all their analog activities they're doing in the real world? And then a, a really big part of this vision as well, our why, if you will, is that we want to take all this user activity and actually benefit the real world. You know, how can we, again, you know, take virtuality and actually do good and positivity for the world? So as an example of that, when you buy a plot of land in Superworld, we'll plant a tree in the real world. We're partnered with the World Bank in the Caribbean for hurricane season. We've already partnered with UNESCO. We're, you know, we brought together two tribes in the Amazon jungle about a month ago who have been at war for 500 years, help them create digital assets, artwork in the Amazon that can be viewed from anywhere in the world to bring about you know, more exposure to the issues of reforestation. And so the opportunity here is how can we build a virtual world that again, builds a better world? And then the third part of the super world analogy is monopoly. As you said, we've taken the surface of the earth, divided it into 64 billion blocks of land each block covers a city block of real world property. And if you buy a block, you become a stakeholder on the platform. You get a share of all of the economics that happen on that block, advertising, e-commerce, digital commerce, data, analytics, and gaming. And so you become a stakeholder on the platform. And then on top of that, we're building applications. We have a mobile application that allows you to create, discover, and monetize anything anywhere. So I could be in New York, you could be in LA and I could go boop and I could put something behind you in augmented reality. You could put something there, I could click on it, it'll appear in front of me, or you can make me go and you know find NFTs or do something kind of like the Pokemon Go mechanism. We have an NFT marketplace that allows you to create digital assets and put them anywhere. And then we're moving into tokenization. So we're launching a token and we're moving very fast into DeFi. But, you know, I think you said it best. You know, we're, we're often called the gateway to the metaverse because this is a way for people to get in, own land, create digital assets, create content, and then go into other things like DeFi or even visit other virtual worlds. And, and maybe... Maybe what we should do is to, is take those three, your three analogies, and just dive into it a little bit more because I think at a high level, those all sort of make sense. But then trying to understand like the specifics, I think, would be helpful um, for yep. people. So in the Pokemon Go analogy, do I have to own the parcels in Superworld to drop NFTs in them, or can anyone drop anything anywhere? 100%. So every anyone 
can drop anything anywhere. Anyone can create, discover, and monetize anything anywhere without land ownership. So land ownership is one way of, of interacting with Superworld. You can buy a plot of land and now you, you know, again, are a key stakeholder in that location because you're getting a share of all of the activity, all of the monetization that happens there. But you can also get onto Superworld and create anything anywhere. So even if you don't own land anywhere in the world, you can put content anywhere in the world. Because as a landowner, again, you're getting a share of all of it. So you, you're, you know, optimization of content creation is actually a very positive for anyone in Superworld. And so we want, again, the free accessibility into the Superworld platform to create content. Okay. And in that example, like, let's say that I don't own to use something close to home. I don't own Sunset Boulevard. Somebody actually bought all of Sunset Boulevard. I checked uh, I checked mm-hmm. Superworld the other yep. day. So I don't own it, but I decide to, <clears throat> using the, the creator tools to create like a virtual entertainment experience and people actually pay money to attend this experience. How does the owner get compensated? Is that Has that been defined or is that something that's sort of to be defined? So again, you have the ability to utilize our tools and we're building more and more tools um, that allow you to create content. We, again, have a very open kind of framework and, and you know, vision around this. So if you want to create uh, in Maya or Blender or other places or use our tools, create directly from your camera phone, we want to, you know, again, have a lot of integrations in place. So to make it as easy as possible for you to really create anything 3D, 2D audio, if you're a professional developer, if you're a lay person who wants to get in, we want to make that, first of all, seamless. Um, Again, as you stated correctly, you can put that content anywhere. So even if you don't own the Sunset Strip, you can do that. Um, And so can anyone else, right? So there's an infinite number of filters at any location. So again, you could put content there, there, I can, so can brands. And, you know, as as a user, you know, I have the ability to see a variety of that content, either from you or a brand or anyone that I'm interested in following. And then as the owner of the real estate, you're going to get a share of the all of the monetization that happens there from all of the the different, you know, parties that are placing content or creating monetization in that location. And how that works is Superworld, you know, uh, will get the monetization there and then distribute that to the landowner. So the idea here is, you know, similar, you know, my, my co-founder and I came from the YouTube platform. And if you think of kind of how YouTube works, just as an elementary example, you know, again, if you're a a video creator on YouTube and YouTube's show, showing, you know, pre-rolls or ads on, on your, on your video, you're getting a share of that ad revenue. In this case, it's not just ads, it's, it's digital commerce, you know, selling NFTs in this case, it's, it's e-commerce, it's gaming, it's data analytics, it's advertising. And, you know, as, as this space evolves, you know, especially with tokenization, with decentralized finance, you know, there's a lot of different, um, you know, areas here that, you know, we're, we're evolving into that are going to increase the ability for monetization to be possible in these areas. Okay. And yeah. In, in my example of the, the Sunset Boulevard one, do I have to negotiate with the landowner the deal or is it preset somehow? How does yeah, that happen? Like, let's say I have a concert in, in the virtual world and I invite 100 of my friends and each one pays $100. 
And so yeah. there's real money that happens in this virtual concert. Is it, yeah. have you all figured that out or is that something that's more like to be determined? Like how, what does the landowner so, get in that certain scenario? Right. So the landowner, you know, similar to the YouTube scenario, right? So if, if YouTube is, is placing ads on a, on a video, the, the, the video creator for the most part is, is, you know, again, uh, just, just, you know, again, collecting revenue for those ads similar here in this case, except there is, there is a few, uh, I think more interesting kind of, uh, you know, evolutions here to that model. One is, so as a landowner, you're again, getting an automatic share uh, of anything that's that's happening there on your land. However, um, as a landowner, since we're talking about a geographic location, um, you have the ability to create value to your land by, you know, again, uh, creating reasons for people to maybe create content in specific locations. So if you're talking about, you know, Sunset Boulevard, where, you know, a lot of the, you know, the punk rock scene or, you know, a lot of the music scene, let's say, takes place, um, you know, you could, you know, uh, ostensibly create a, you know, a, a music festival, right, as an example, and you could um, start creating reasons for, you know, artists to hold virtual concerts in those locations or put virtual music avatars, as you as you stated in your example. And then that might cause others to start doing the same thing. And we're already seeing that in terms of uh, our user behavior on the platform. So, you know, artists have been getting together in, you know, certain parks um, where maybe one of the artists uh, owns the land there and is creating, you know, reasons for other artists to come together and start sharing NFTs in those locations, right? And so, again, by doing that, what's what's really interesting is you can virtually start creating kind of value in certain areas based on certain themes, um, and others can do the same thing. And so, you know, one of the, the, the definite themes that we're seeing is, you know, there are places in the world that we all think of as places that people do get together. Central Park in New York is one of those, you know, um, the beach in LA, you know, is probably another one of those, you know, so there's places that we all gather, stadiums or another one of these kinds of locations. And so, you know, I think the interesting thing is there are locations where it's already happening. So those are more, you know, places that people just common sense are gravitating to either on the acquisition of property side or the content creation side. But then the other cool thing is you could think of a desert, you know, kind of like, you know, before Burning Man, you know, that desert was just a desert. Now, even in the virtual world, people are like, I'm going to go acquire the plots of land where Burning Man is. But you can think of a new place and you can create your own festival and you could start virtually by creating virtual content. And then soon enough, you could start doing things in the physical world or you could do it vice versa, right? You could do both at the same time or start physically in a location and then add virtual elements. And so you can find land that you can quote unquote develop um, into more valuable properties. And that's what's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. So uh, the Burning Man parcels, have they sold? Yeah, yeah. Burning Man's, you know, again, as, a, as an example, it, it's uh, definitely, you know, has another very strong community around it. And so, you know, that's a part of the world that 
has a lot of interest. I would do the same about, you know, sports stadiums, as he said, you know, downtowns, you know, historical places. There's people, people who love Sunset Strip for that reason in LA. Um, so, you know, what's cool about it is I love travel. I'm very globally nomadic. I think I mentioned to you. And so for us, it's, it's just so many amazing places in the world. And wherever you live, wherever you're from, you know, if you grew up in Indonesia, there's probably 15 places that you really value in the world that maybe like 10 of those I've just never heard of because they're just, you know, wherever that is geographically for you. And so that's what's really cool is that as you think of the world, there's just so many amazing places in the world that people really can build and create and share these parts of the world with everyone else. Yeah, totally. Okay, so I, I think I'm understanding the Pokemon Go idea. So switching, before we talk about number two, I think it makes sense to talk about number three because we've been getting into this virtual land and I come from uh, the real estate world. So this, thinking about it from the real estate investor lens and, and maybe in the metaverse, this is the wrong lens, but let me just ask this question. So let's say that I owned a, a city block in Los Angeles Let's say I'm, I'm Rick Caruso and I own the Grove. If I bought the Grove parcel in Superworld, how do I go about collecting what's due to me for the activity that happens? Like, let's say people congregate at the Grove, artists sell NFTs. How does that work? Or is, is that something that I have to go and negotiate with each of these parties? No, so this is all uh, again done um, on on the blockchain. So as an owner of the Grove, you own you know the NF the respective NFTs in Superworld that cover that area of of the Superworld platform. You know on the surface of the Earth. Again, to to clarify, when you buy a plot of land, you're buying a longitudinal, latitudinal, bounded block on the surface of the Earth in whatever location that you're you're buying. And so in this case, if you're buying, you know, the land that encompasses the grove, um, you're again getting a share of any of the monetization that happens there on the Superworld platform. Again, I think the big idea here is you're getting it from any of the virtual activity that's happening there if people are placing nfts if a game is constructed there that's creating monetization if there's people promoting content at that location that's causing monetization if there's you know e-commerce type activities happening it's the grove so people are shopping anywhere they're clicking on you know 3d interactive objects that are taking them to e-commerce sites there's resulting in affiliate e-commerce revenue for us so as an owner Again, you're the owner of the NFT, you're getting a share of that income, and you can collect that as, um, you know, again, the owner of the NFT on the, on the, on the blockchain. So that's, that's how you're receiving that. You're not necessarily um, involved in any of the, uh, you know, contracts or negotiations that occur there. Now, but the second point was what I brought to you up, brought up earlier to you, which is you could become more active in terms of creating um, those experiences or facilitating those experiences, right? And we're seeing that activity as well. In Superworld, you're going to see a big announcement coming tomorrow. But, um, you know, there are, there are organizations um, that are very interested on the institutional side with, you know, again, developing 
uh, properties, with owning real estate, and then you know bringing resources to actually develop, and then creating ways for others to also develop onto those properties, right? And so, as a as a real estate owner, you can you know be more passive about it. I think the one thing that we're seeing is that anyone who buys real estate is very excited about you know all the opportunities, and so it's very natural for real estate owners to actually have ideas of things they want to do. And it's usually why that they're, they're buying land in those specific locations. I mean, that's one thing I'll tell you that we're, I think, really excited about is, you know, when I talk to users about real estate, they, they have a very specific, you know, kind of reasoning of, you know, if I ask you where you buy real estate, you're going to tell me specific places. I mean, you mentioned Sunset Strip. So I know that you probably live around there or some connection, right? And then, so they're, they're being very precise about it. They're being very personal about it. You know, it's a place they own a business, a place they grew up, a place they live, a place that they love. And then most importantly, back to your question, they're telling us what they want to build there. So, you know, again, do they want to do a concert? Do they want to build an embassy? You know, Barbados is building an embassy. You know, do they want to, um, you know, build an educational experience? Do they want to build a store? And so what we're doing, uh, again, is enabling owners as well as users to build all those things that they want to, to want to build in a very prescriptive fashion. Okay, so how many, how many people have bought land in Superworld so far? Yeah. So, you know, kind of where we are in our evolution, the thing that we've been really focused on is, you know, what does the user that comes to Superworld, what did they do? And the thing that we're noticing is the average paying user spends around $3,900 in the first month. So acquires anywhere from 10 to 15 properties on average, and then is a very galvanized user. So again, this is a very viral product because it's, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. If you buy land in Superworld, you're going to actually refer and get others to do the same. So you're not only going to, you know, get one person, you're going to get lots of people to buy. And that's the really powerful thing here is that, you know, again, the, the community here is very, very, you know, again, very galvanized about the mission, um, but also, you know, really kind of understanding that this is an opportunity to to create, discover, and monetize anything anywhere. And so they're, again, uh, coming on board, uh, buying land, uh, and then they're, again, very excited about kind of the building aspect of it. So, you know, broad numbers wise, we've done about, you know, uh, you know, 15,000 plus sales of, of real estate around the world. But we are, our focus has been heretofore on, you know, how do we provide, you know, those users with the ability to create onto the land. And so that's what our focus has been. And then with the launch of the token, which I can talk about, which is coming in the next couple of months with uh, upgrades that we're doing on the product, um, on the website, the mobile app, really kind of, you know, making it much more seamless for people to get involved, you know, integrating with more wallets, integrating with fiat payment providers, you know, again, making it super simple, which has been our focus. Um, we plan, uh, again, we're doing a, a fundraise right now, but we're, we're planned to kind of push the gas 
on that growth uh, in the next uh, month and month or two. Right now, it's been purely organic. So even all of the the progress and excitement that we've they've made here has all been very organic. So we're very very um, you know excited about that. Yeah, reason to be of of the people who've bought land. Is anybody making money right now from the monetization examples like we had just spoke about a few minutes ago? So the the first way that one can monetize in Superworld is again on selling land. And so um, again, you buy a plot of land for 0.1 ether, you can reprice that land, and then you can sell that land um, if there's another buyer again who you know gives you the offer. And so we're starting to see you know secondary activity happening on Superworld. You know, I think what's interesting to note here is again uh unlike the other virtual worlds out there you know uh, decentraland as an example where you're dealing with a, a virtual kind of place um which has its own kind of you know finite locations but they're very kind of precise based on you know the the virtual map that they provide superworld covers the earth right so there's just lots of places that are that are possible but i think the intro important point there is that you know for every one of those places there's lots of people that love those places like the example i i told you about depending on where you're from in the world you're going to have your again 10 or 15 spots that are interesting to you and so what we're seeing in terms of our user journey on the real estate side is when someone comes to superworld and they have an idea of let's say you know four or five places that they want to acquire you know typically the top two three of those preferences are at this stage already acquired, right? But they'll find still that it may be the third or fourth or fifth spot that they had in their mind to buy might be available. And so we're seeing that this the opportunity to buy unpurchased land, it's still a really good opportunity right now. And so they're coming on board and they're picking up, you know, that third or fourth preference. But as this continues to happen it's like i said it's already now starting to be you know where someone comes on and maybe their third preference is taken and so then they're going to buy something that's already on the secondary market and um so that's starting to pick up and so the first answer to your question is yes you know we're, we're already starting to to make uh, secondary transactions. So the real estate side is one area of monetization. The second area of monetization right now is if you're creating digital assets on our NFT marketplace, again, you can place those assets anywhere in the world. And as a creator of those assets, you're again, um, you know, able to programmatically kind of decide what those cash flows from the sale of the NFT are, whether it's yourself, collaborators, et cetera. And so you're able to monetize there. Now, on the ownership side of of the NFT and the receipt of income um, from the you know the creation and monetization on your real estate, we haven't yet just turned that on. That's coming very soon with the launch of our token, um, which is launching in the next uh, you know Q1 of this year. Um, and so we are recording revenues from uh, NFT sales. Um, and those revenues will be distributed to the owners of those NFTs as we turn those on, as well as, you know, the token's going to add a variety of other 
you know, monetization mechanisms as well, along with um, we're doing some other integrations. So we're integrating with Solana, creating a new a Solana marketplace. So avoiding gas fees on the NFT marketplace, you know, that will allow us to get into uh, a lot more lower priced uh, digital assets right now, you know, with gas fees, you know, we're, we're sticking with kind of higher priced NFTs or those are more kind of interesting for people. We're um, again, building assets that have real world utility. So we've seen, you know, again, uh, NFT creators kind of create some interesting things uh, on our NFT marketplace uh, alongside the, the real estate and kind of the, the virtual, you know, locational aspects of what can be integrated into those NFTs. But those are the ways that we're currently allowing monetization to happen. Okay. Well, it's so that stuff sounds super exciting. I'm interested to uh, to track the development as you as you turn these features on. I'd be interested to track the development. You know, just thinking about this from the old school real estate standpoint, like what that looks like to own a a stadium or something and have people ha having live events or selling NFTs or or whatever. It'll be super interesting. Um, do you think? Last question on the on the real estate side before we move on to back to number two of your three analogies. Do you think it's technologically possible to do what you all have done, but actually get down into the title records and, and have every single parcel on planet Earth available as it's defined by law? Or is that just like way too hard of a, of a task? You know, I think it is uh, very possible. I think this is um, a definite, um, you know, uh, use case for you know, our virtual real estate. And we're, you know, getting a, a, a lot of interest um, from real world, you know, physical world real estate companies um, that are buying land in Superworld, that are investing into the company itself um, because of the opportunity to, again, apply the virtual elements of what we're building to the real world real estate market. I, you know, I came from real estate investment banking, as I mentioned to you as well. And I think there's a lot of elements to what's, you know, evolved in the, in the physical real estate uh, world as it comes to, you know, financing, as it comes to mortgages, as it comes to, you know, a variety of uh, other aspects of owning physical real estate. Um, and, you know, again, bringing those things into the metaverse, um, whether it's, you know, I want to go buy, you know, real world real estate and I can't get to the property. So I want to, again, take a virtual tour. I want to, you know, close on a property using, you know, NFT or blockchain technology. I want to, you know, access financing using decentralized finance. Um, so I think there's a ton of very compelling use cases on the physical real estate side um, that we're we're looking at, and um, we've you know have other partners um, that we're working with as well. It's a company called Proppy that's doing a lot of interesting things. Um, you know, a company um, called uh, Metaverse Group. You know, Republic Realm is doing a lot of interesting thing is there as well. Um, so, you know, I, I think that um, the the real world property world uh and you know the technology metaverse um you know uh, uh applications like we're building in Superworld um really have a very natural synergy and so um, we're exploring them all and i'm very excited about you know some of the announcements that are coming out with 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 those areas 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. It seems like if you take sort of one of the core concepts, there's many core concepts to your thesis, but one of them is the idea of splitting up the actual world. And then you, you look at what we deal with in, in the real estate transaction day to day, there's a huge opportunity because the real estate is basically transacting on like really antiquated paper-based systems, which may have some like pre-web, it's probably pre-web, you know, technological interfaces behind them. And to me, it seems so obvious that like, if you could fast forward 200 years, right, the whole world titled records would be a, basically an NFT registry. And right. if you were an owner, like, let's say you were a Rick Caruso and you would want to own, you know, the, in the right virtual world, you'd want to own the virtual rights to those assets as well. You know, in, in the world where everyone's putting on these haptic suits and engaging in commerce, it seems to make a ton of sense that the, I, I agree with the, the reason to be excited about the connection between the two. Yeah. Yeah. It, it only, it, it's, I think it's a, it's a very natural kind of connection and, um, you know, and, and you can go vice versa, right? So you could buy real world real estate or do real world interactions and get that digital twin of your home or get the, you know, the virtual kind of uh, benefit of that real world uh, interaction that you're doing that can make that real world interaction more compelling, right? So there's, I think there's a lot of things that both sides of the technology can um, can be additive to the experience. Totally. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so that leads to the, the last analogy, the last part of Superworld, which is in a sense the most exciting in my view, because I think as a sort of outsider to the metaverse projects, what I really like about what I what I hear and what I'm seeing in, in this analogy is the tying of the digital activity with the real world. I think that that's one of the keys to the adoption or the widespread adoption and the actual like use case for NFTs. And so every time I see projects that come out that are actually trying to do that, I get excited because then I, I feel less concerned about the crazy speculative mania type behavior that exists in this market. And, and I can see a path forward where these things are actually useful. So maybe the best way to talk about this is you mentioned the Barbados uh, example, you mentioned the Amazon tribes, like maybe just go into a couple, two or three of these examples of how you're tying the super world NFT activity into something in the real world. Yeah. And so, you know, again, I, I think that your, your observation about, you know, uh, our, our focus, which is, you know, providing real world utility from these technologies um, again, is a very important one. I, I think, you know, I think one differentiation, um, you know, as we're building and learning and, you know, um, kind of continually evolving our product is for us, the focus is on how do we en enhance people's real lives? So number one, um, 
you know, I, I think I brought up that movie Social Dilemma, um, which is a Netflix movie that really kind of, you know, impacted me about how we're all kind of being sucked into these, you know, uh, algorithmic bubbles and we're, um, you know, kind of staring at our phones all day and, and, and we're, uh, again, um, kind of, you know, kids are, are, are really kind of being kind of pulled into these virtual environments, you know, the difference in what we're trying to do at Superworld is how can we take all these technologies and again, bring that focus into your real life. Okay. And so to your question, you know, how are we doing that? So as an example, you know, we did a, a, a sale um, a, a couple of months ago of an NFT that gave you access to a real world, you know, luxury club that's based in New York and Miami called Custom House. So again, allowing this, this club to utilize this technology to create an innovative, you know, marketing uh, pricing plan for their club members to buy an NFT that gives them lifetime access to their club right um and allows them to be very innovative at the same time but also experiment with how do these technologies how does utilizing an nft get them to a new customer base help them with different pricing mechanisms that they wouldn't normally you know um be be implementing under a normal kind of system where people are paying like a yearly fee and you know all those kinds of things that then nft technology because of the resale opportunity because of the other kind of programmability aspects of it potentially fractionalization you know there's other things there that that's very interesting so again um you know that's one example of kind of looking at how 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 can this help a you know a, a more traditional you know kind of organization the other things that i think are very interesting are you know uh, as you mentioned on 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 the not for profit side as an example so we worked with the world bank and disaster fighters in the caribbean and they they came to us because you know, they were interested in, you know, creating NFTs that allowed them to, you know, bring their, bring the communities around the world that are interested in, you know, helping with disaster recovery for hurricane season, as an example, in the Caribbean or the earthquake that had happened in Haiti. And so we collectively brought together with them and artists uh, the World Bank, the Caribbean Disaster Management Association, you know, and creating NFTs for each one of the countries in the Caribbean. And the way for them to really capitalize on the technology was, you know, again, bringing those communities together to raise money for the, the activities that they're doing in terms of, you know, disaster recovery and and what, what these governmental organizations, including the World Bank, wanted to highlight their use of this technology, the use of virtual real estate to, you know, again, um, bring these countries into uh, more greater exposure. Um, so, you know, we had, you know, ambassadors of countries in the Caribbean literally promoting NFTs um, to raise capital um, for disaster recovery, which was like actually kind of an innovative use of, of NFTs. Um, you know, I, I, I end with that third example, or we'll start, well, I'll maybe go into Barbados. That actually what, what ended up kind of, you know, giving us a, a very strong recognition by um, the ambassador of Bar Barbados, Gabriel Abed, and, and his, you know, his country, which has been very um, innovative here. And, you know, again, it really kind of uh, demonstrated the ability for governments 
um, to get into this space of leveraging AR, VR, leveraging, you know, NFT and blockchain technology to actually build, you know, uh, you know, like an embassy, as an example, to provide government services um, using a variety of these technologies for their citizens around the world. So a country like Barbados that might not want to build physical embassies all over the world because of resource constraints could very much, you know, utilize these technologies um, to provide services in an innovative fashion to be able to, again, be very, you know, uh, very, you know, technology uh, forward, you know, you know, take leadership here in, in, in these categories and be able to do something, I think, very innovative at the same time. So, you know, I think for us at Superworld, you know, we're very open to, you know, looking at all these use cases. Again, we're talking to other governments, we're talking to lots of other organizations, back to this live to earn, you know, focus on real world things that people want to do, and then figure out how virtuality can add value and enhance people's real lives. And then also, again, very collectively looking at all this user activity around the world, you know, looking at all these things that people want to do and figuring out how do we, you know, leverage the platform uh, to actually do, again, very positive things. And that's where you see, you know, the organizations uh, like the World Bank, UNESCO, the thing we did with the tribe, the tribes in the Amazon really become a core function here is I think we, we have an opportunity Nick, to not only build a, a company and a virtual world that empowers people, but also, again, um, you know, build a better world. And so real world utility is the core aspect of that of that vision. Yeah, and it, it's a really compelling vision in my view. It's it's so important. You know, I, I read this morning, actually, an article on uh, Decentraland that was essentially negative on Decentraland. But the reason it was negative was that the author basically was recognizing something that I think is kind of a good thing, but maybe from a commerce perspective, it's a bad thing, which is that there are no algorithmic gimmicks to draw you into Decentraland. So that, that's why the author was negative on it is like, there's no like trick, like you kind of just go to Decentraland and experience, which it's a sad state of society where that's looked at as a negative. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited that you all have this, sort of bigger vision around what can be done with the metaverse and how the metaverse can be a force for good. And I'm curious in the, in these two cases, just to follow up on some details, like is the Barbados embassy open yet on Superworld? Mm -hmm. No, it's in development. So okay. we're, we're working on it now. I think it, you know, again, there, there's going to be an evolution there as to kind of what, what services can be offered you know, as we are continuing to develop the platform, as we're moving into a 3D environment at Superworld as well. So not just AR, but VR to, you know, WebGL environments, um, the, the ability to experience, um, you know, something like a, an embassy um, would evolve. Um, and so we're, again, um, as we continue to kind of develop our product, whether it's the embassy or other things that we're enabling users to do, um, you know, the, the ability to kind of create, discover, monetize, um, you know, again, in this case, provide services um, is going to expand as our product develops. Yeah, totally. And but the idea would be, let's say, mm -hmm. let's say this thing is up and running. If I wanted yeah. to visit Barbados, 
I could log on to yeah. Superworld, click uh -huh. on the embassy, maybe provide some personal identification information or something and get a visa or something. That's the idea. Yeah, that's the idea is okay. that, you know, again, you can, you know, access Superworld through a variety of means. You, you know, again, I think a, a really interesting thing here is that, you know, if we're, if we're building the Internet of Places, right, if you, you don't think about looking at your phone and Googling, you know, Barbados Embassy or getting a visa, you just think I'm going to go to Barbados, right? And so you go there, whether it's on the map, whether it's, you know, again, in a 3D environment, whether it's physically you're at the location, right? Um, and then you can access those services through a variety of interfaces, whether you're talking about, you know, uh, AR, VR with glasses, whether you're, you know, talking about on a phone interface, whether you're talking about on your browser, uh, on the map itself. So we, we want to, again, uh, be, you know, very software, hardware, you know, very accessible across platforms as to how someone gets there. Um, but that's the, that's the idea. That's right. Very cool. And on the uh, disaster relief work with the NFTs in the Caribbean, how did that do? Did, did those produce, you know, good results for the, for the yeah. effort? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they raised uh, quite a bit of money and they're actually doing it again. I think they did, they did the first time for uh, hurricane season. Then they did something else for uh, the earthquake in Haiti. And we're actually doing something uh, with them. Uh, you know, uh, I think in, in Nigeria um, coming up as well. So, um, you know, again, the, I think the idea is at this stage, it's, it's really a lot about experimentation um, so we were always kind of working with different parties and and trying to see how we can, again, with a focus on real world utility, you know, understand, you know, what's the best way to kind of bring communities together. And in that case, you know, there's a number of parties that came together to make that happen. Right. You have the, you know, the Caribbean Disaster Emergency Management Association, the World Bank, the countries themselves. You have artists, you have a not for profit. So you have a number of people in an ecosystem. And I think, you know, again, the beauty of NFT technology is that you can have a number of people very collaboratively coming together. And, you know, I think DAOs is going to be a big part of Superworld um, in further kind of enhancing the capability for people to come together to, to take positive action or to create businesses or to, again, develop on Superworld. And so, again, uh, I think that that's it's all kind of some of these learnings and lessons that we, 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 we get after every time we do one of these types of activations. Yeah, well, that's amazing. And I can't wait to uh, to see how how you all do and how Superworld evolves. This has been a really fun, fascinating conversation. Thank you for taking the time to come on Real Vision, and I look forward to uh, having you back to get the next evolution, which I'm sure will be fascinating. Yeah, thanks so much, Nick. It's always a pleasure uh, to be here and talk to you, and you know, really appreciate the opportunity, and and can't wait to be back. I'm a fan of the show, so thanks so much for uh, the opportunity to share our vision to build a better world. You're welcome. Thanks. Welcome to the end of the video. We know that on average, 85% of you who start a video on Real Vision finish it. That's extraordinary. On Facebook, it would just be 4%. And that's because Real Vision creates the most engaging content in the entire media world. 
Let us help you grow your business by making video content that really engages your customers. Email us at customvideo at realvision.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're looking for quality content from one of the best crypto teams in the space, join Real Vision Pro Crypto, the first ever crypto research membership from Real Vision and Delphi Digital. There are 70 plus crypto and tech analysts on the team, and you'll get instant access to in-depth bottom-up analysis, and early market insights, plus frequent video and flash updates and a thriving online community. And from now through January 28th, you'll get a substantial discount that's locked in for two years by signing up at realvision.com slash pro crypto launch. That's realvision.com slash pro crypto launch. See you there.